0: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 89 of the Talking Football podcast. My name's Derek Clark and every week we try and bring you a top class interview with some of the most colourful and interesting characters involved in the game. This week I had the pleasure of chatting to former Hamilton Ackies, Partick Thistle and Aberdeen keeper Thomas Czerny, who's just recently hung up the gloves. Thomas was in fine forms, he told us all about his time in his homeland where he came through the ranks at Sigma Olimuc, as well as starring for the Czech Republic national team from under-17s to 21s and winning a bronze medal in the Euros. He tells us how the move to Ackies came about, just how much fun it was playing in that side under Billy Reid, as well as his disappointment at how his time ended. We also hear about his stints in Bulgaria and Greece, as well as his time at Fir, hill and most recently pataudry and just why he's decided to call time on his career so sit back and enjoy the latest episode of the talking Football podcast hello everyone and welcome to another edition of the talking fitball podcast i'm absolutely delighted to say we're joined this week, by much loved goalkeeper at uh, Akies, Partick Thistle, and Aberdeen. Just recently retired, of course, Thomas Cherney. Thomas, thank you very much for coming on. No worries. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Excellent stuff. Um, Thomas, a great career in the game, but of course, you just retired not so long ago. How, how, how are you enjoying your retirement? Oh, well, it's been. Uh... It's been fine, you know, I
1: think uh, it's it's difficult times for for everyone with a small, uh, two small children. So just, I've been kept busy uh, with homeschooling and and looking after uh, uh, one year old daughter while my wife is working. Um, I still go to Cormac Park and and do some uh, rehab on my knee, which is great uh, just to stay involved and just see the boys still, um, you know, at least couple couple times a week uh, makes that uh, transition um, a little bit easier
0: um,
1: but yeah uh, it's, been, it's been okay
0: Yeah. Um, looking back at the, the career then Thomas uh, uh, you were born in, in, in April 1985 in, in Czechoslovakia is it, I, I, I don't know if I can pronounce this correct Ustin nadlabem is that correct?
1: Ustin Nadlabem which uh, at the time when I was born was Czechoslovakia and of yeah. course in, in 1993 um, became uh, Czech Republic
0: and were we you always playing football as, as a youngster? Can you always remember kicking a ball around? Yeah, well, actually,
1: I played both uh, football and ice hockey competitively uh, uh, until I was 14. Um, and then I had to make the decision, and I went for football then, I thinking of made sense. I think football was kind of played over eight, nine months a year. Ice hockey was only maybe four months, and so I was kind of further ahead in terms of development in football. And had a better chance so yeah i decided
0: for football and yeah
1: i don't regret that decision
0: yeah were um, you always pl- always played in goals thomas or did, did you play outfield for a time yeah well I, I
1: i started in goals when i was 5
0: um, i loved goalkeeping
1: from from a very young age um, but i also played uh, outfield usually up front and and i enjoyed it as well scored quite a few goals and yeah. um, but ultimately um i ended up in goals yeah.
0: Um, th- you said you were playing in goals since you were five. Did you have any, was there any goalkeepers that, that you aspired to be like, that you looked up to? Any role models?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think uh, early on, growing up, I, I admired uh, Peter Schmeichel, you know, in kind of yeah. 1992. Yeah, Europe, first, yeah. Uh, Euros, you know, when they won with Denmark, mm-hmm. and then his games for Man United afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be kind of first uh, influence, I would say, and then slightly uh, later on, it'll be uh, Jan Ludovic Buffon, who I really admire, and 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 I really admire his longevity and his ability to play at his age uh, at such a high level. I think it's 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 quite incredible. Yes, and really? also Iker Casillas, who's kind of style. Kind of liked and try to you know emulate this kind of similar size to myself six foot one.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, very good shot not afraid to come out of his box. So yeah, that's again uh, one of the goalkeepers I would watch and and you know uh,
0: just try to emulate the the, the game yeah he's world class isn't he um you, you joined uh, in uh, 2002 how did that move come about um thomas did, did they go and watch you play? did you play for a, a boys club or something like that uh
1: don't have like voice clubs back home as such but it's like different uh, towns and cities will have their own clubs you know and yeah. um so i when i was 13 i moved from my kind of small town into slightly bigger club um who had um, quite a decent you know youth system and and i played in a under 17 game there when i was 14 or 15 and uh, one of the sigma allomo's uh coach was at the game and, and he invited me for a trial mm-hmm. and yeah and then I signed for them soon after and um, I also had a short stand at Slavia Prague then yeah but um, you know I would have been living four hours away from home and, and at that time uh, the, the setup didn't really feel right and uh, yeah. I'm quite glad I, I stayed and, and, and ended up in Sigma almost. Yeah, I and a youth academy as well, and, and and very good coaches.
0: Yeah, I guess when you're joining a club like that, professional outfit, um, well-run football club, did you? I guess it brought your game on quite a, a fair bit when you were when, when you went there.
1: No, it was it was good, you know. It was I think it was tough at times. I you know I was on my own living in the, yeah. in a city away from you know my mum and dad, and yeah. I. I studied and I was I was going for my hires was uh, wanted to get to the university, so most of my time was really spent um, going to to school and, and training and studying. Yeah, um, but it was uh, a, a very good experience and experience that I think for me for me uh, as a person in many ways, and I'm I'm glad for that and and yeah definitely you know I went from maybe training three times a week to training. Five times, six times a week, uh, playing um, matches at at higher level, and and just having professional coaches and and, and very good kind of setup and facilities for training. Yeah, so it has it definitely you know helped me to to develop and and it was
0: a very important move um, at that age. Yeah, of course. Uh, when you were at Sigma as well, you you would uh, represent the. Czech Republic uh, through the youth levels and, and what have you as well. It must have been a p- proud moment for you to, to do that, to represent your, your country.
1: Yeah, I no, it was brilliant. I think I joined Sigma at 15. I um, had a good start there, um, playing for under-16s. And within a few months, I was called up for the, for the national team, under-17s. So I was going kind to of first... Experience managed to go to the European Championships with them on the 17s. I think it was Ronaldo and Rooney played there, played against David Silva in that, in that tournament. And then I think the biggest kind of moment for me in terms of national teams came in the, the European Championships on the 19s in 2003. You know, we it was a great experience. We won a bronze medal. Um, I think I was still a year younger, so I I than most of the other boys in the team, and I started the tournament on the bench. Uh, but after after uh, a draw against France in the opening game, and then we lost to Austria, uh, I was given a chance in the last game of the group against England. Yeah, and we need we needed to win that game by three goals to have a chance uh, to progress, and and we managed to, to win three <laughs> 0 and went on, and and then I played uh, in the semi-final against Italy. Uh, wow. who were led by uh the current Juventus captain, uh, um, Giorgio Chiellini.
0: Yeah,
1: wow. uh, but unfortunately, it wasn't to be we lost that game 1 0, but still, amazing experience, bronze medal from the European Championships, and something I, you know, just always remember.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's something to tell the grandkids, that's for sure. Um, for sure, yeah, there's no <laughs> doubt about it. Um, you, 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 you played, um, can you remember much about your debut at, at Sigma? Um, was it? Was it 2005 or something that you made your debut there?
1: Yeah, of course I remember the debut. I think you always remember your first uh, top flight game. I think I was 18 then. Um, yeah. I didn't really expect to play, but our experienced goalkeeper was sick. And um, I, was a, I was the second choice then. Um I remember it was in the middle of the winter there was quite a lot of ice and snow on the pitch so it wasn't yeah. a, wasn't an easy game uh, for a debut but um I managed to keep a clean sheet and the game game finished 0-0 but unfortunately I, you know
0: didn't get many many opportunities after that yeah uh, yeah was it was it frustrating uh, like you've been a number 2 of course mainly at at Aberdeen uh, most recently is it is it tough when, when when you're not you're not playing because as a goalkeeper there's only one guy that can have the have the gloves if you like
1: no of course it's tough and you know especially at that age I really wanted to play every game um, and and it was that was ultimately uh, what made me to come to Scotland uh, you know uh, just try to go somewhere where I can play every week and you know although I was quite lucky at, at Sigma Alomods. We had our B team and uh, in the league below the top flight. Yeah. And which was still fully professional league, you know, good standard and made over 80 appearances there. So very good experience when I was 17, 18, 19 to play all these games. I remember once I played against uh, Karel Foborski in that league. Oh, amazing. But, uh, at the end of his career and um, mm. played for his own club. Just get what you
0: would say uh, but yeah ultimately I, I wanted to play first team football yeah and so why, why Scotland then is it seems a bit left field if from being in the Czech Republic to go to Scotland what attracted you over here well
1: it was yeah just a random really circumstance um my friend um, Lukash, he left in uh, Blair and he worked there yeah. as a plumber and he played for Loch United at the time. Um, and I just finished my unique first degree, um, as I said, frustrated with lack of opportunity at the club. And I felt I, I needed to do something different, something radical to, to kind of change the course of my career. So I emailed my friend and, and asked him if I could come over and. Um, just tried to find club in Scotland. You know, I was the only person I knew living in another country, and um, and so that's how it kind of started. So I went uh, went to to visit him, and ultimately I ended up in, in
0: Hamilton. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> Sorry, do you know much about Hamilton Aikis at the time at the time Thomas or, or Scottish football? Well, about Hamilton,
1: I knew absolutely nothing. I, <laughs> I didn't even know what Hamilton was, you know. But of course, I knew, I knew enough. A, just watching, you know, Scottish national team and, and Celtic and Rangers uh, yeah. mainly in Europe. Uh, um, so I knew, you know, uh, it could be an, an interesting
0: league to to play in. Yeah. And uh, I mean, how did Aki's move come about I, initially? What, what what happened there? Did, did did they see you playing for for Lockheed United?
1: No, nothing like well, nothing like that really. I I I remember I arrived to Scotland on Friday. So it was some kind of late July, so quite late in the pre-season, I think week before the league started, and uh, so I Friday, I think my friend picked me up at in Edinburgh at the airport, and on Saturday they had training with. With Loch United up at Dundee, yeah. so I went to train with them, and the manager at the time was Ray McKinnon, yeah. um, and he he gave us a contract for an for an agent based in Dundee, and um, we went to see him uh, in a pub, and and he <laughs> he then yeah took me to to Hamilton to play a friendly game on Monday. Yeah. And and I stayed there. So yeah, that was very wow. quick, actually. I, I never thought <laughs> something like that would happen and, <laughs> and that quickly, but it did. And, and I was very lucky. I remember I made some DVDs on my computer before <laughs> uh, going to Scotland. And and after the training with Lochie, we went to Tanadice and then Spark and just uh, left them at the reception. <laughs> I think they they must have gone straight to the bin, obviously. <laughs> uh, i was pretty desperate then but yeah uh, obviously it worked out really well signed for hamilton um and yeah had a great great first season with them
0: yeah yeah what a season that was i remember i covered a lot of them a lot of their games for, for the radio and they really played some excellent stuff um billy reed of course was a coach there um excellent uh, motivator and, and and really good uh, tactical thinker how, how much did you enjoy playing for, for Billy Reid? I
1: know I loved it. I I loved Billy because, you know, I think he was really brilliant with us young boys and he wasn't afraid to give us a chance. And, you know, he really jump-started my career uh, by giving me the opportunity and by believing in me. And uh, and it was such an important moment uh, in my career. Um, So I'm very, very grateful for uh, to him uh, for the way he treated me while I was there. And, you know, you you can you feel uh, uh, when somebody believes in you and then it makes it so much easier at that age. You know, I was only 21, 22, and that's still quite young for a goalkeeper. Yeah. And you need that little bit of, you know, belief from your manager and, and you need to be given that opportunity. And, and he certainly done that. And I'm so, you know, so happy for him and he, he has done well since then and, and he's so sick. Yeah. Assistant manager in, in Brighton and in the, in the English
0: Premiership now and, and, and is doing well. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, there seemed to be a really good atmosphere at, at the club at that time when you were there, Thomas. Not just uh, from Billy, but behind the scenes. No, it was what...
1: great. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was a it was a yeah great dressing room, you know, yeah. uh, to be to be part of. And, and the Gaf always wanted wanted us to socialise together. Yeah, we did. I remember, especially the first season, we did a lot of uh, team building activities and, you know, we played paintball and go karting. We had uh, regular days and nights out in in Glasgow, which were encouraged and partially paid uh, for by by the gaffer. Yeah. Um, And I think it really helped to to develop a strong team spirit and and helped us, you know, achieve what we achieved that season, the season after that.
0: Yeah, you played with some cracking players at, at the club at that point. Um, the obvious two, of course, were the the two Jameses, uh, MacArthur and McCarthy. The, playing with those guys, did you, did you know that they were they, they were destined for, for for bigger and better things at, at that age? Well, I think the
1: their talent and potential were plain to see straight away. You know the first yeah. training sessions, and uh, you know they had amazing potential and, and and ended up you know enjoying a very successful careers down in, in, in England and winning FA Cup together with Wigan and playing at yeah. a number of other clubs and in the premiership. So but they were great lads as well and, and real pleasure to to play with and and to share the dressing room with. So really happy for them.
0: Yeah. And you played behind, of course, the likes of Big Mark McLaughlin. What what a character he is and a player. And, I mean, David Elibert, Chris Wales and what have you as well. Did they help you in the back line, Thomas, when you were playing there?
1: Massively, especially Big Marco. I love yeah. Big Marco. You know, he's, he's helped me, he helped me so much early on. And he was such a great character and a great defender. He would just clear everything in front of me. Yeah. He would, you know, put, put his head in front of a tank <laughs> if, if needed be. And, and he was good to me, you know. Again, something as a young lad, you, you need uh, maybe somebody more experienced uh, playing close to you and, um, and be there uh, when you need him. And, and, and Marco certainly uh, did that for me. And, and,
0: yeah, great lad. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, Alex Neil in, in midfield as well was there. Um, he would go in and t- take over fr- fr- from Billy Reid, of course. And then before going down south, and enjoying success. success. Um, what was he like? Is it, he was very vocal, wasn't he, at, at the club at the time?
1: No hundred percent. He was, uh, I think, uh, Ali was kind of real leader, you know, on the park and of the park, and, and I think kind of worked well because uh, he was able to to guide the, the young players, you know, around him, yeah. him and Marco really. Um, uh, they were also, you know, very quick to tell you or shout at you if they are not happy. <laughs> with what we're doing. But again, that's an important part of it as well. Um, but yeah, ultimately, I think it worked well Well, there. Um, and I think they helped Billy to, to
0: nurture those
1: young talents uh,
0: there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that was a great season for you that that, that year going up into the... The, the the SPL after so long that they were they, they were out the division uh, such a great season I guess it was quite a, a party after um, you won promotion.
1: Oh well, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been good. <laughs> it must have been good. <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, in all, all seriousness, it, it was a great season. I think we we never lost a game at home the, yeah. the whole season. We only conceded two goals. And at home, and uh, obviously won the league and got Hamilton up to the Premiership after I don't know, it was 20 or 25 years. Yeah. And of course, when I was signing, I had no idea what the ambitions of the team were. I had no idea, you know, the, there was a possibility of, you know, going
0: up and, and all that. So it it all really worked out really well for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and when you were playing in the, the top flight of, of Scottish football, then... How much did you enjoy that uh, playing for Aki? Because it was a great achievement to to remain in the division. I mean, every year they get they get uh, they get uh, wrote off by uh, pundits and what have you that, to go straight back down. But they always seem to a punch above their weight.
1: No, it was a great experience for me. I was, as I said, I was still quite young for a goalkeeper, and then to play games at you know. Parkhead, Ibrox, up at Pitodley, Easter Road, yeah. or Tynecastle in front of big crowd was a, was a massive experience and steep learning curve for me, yeah. and it really helped me to develop as a goalkeeper and to deal with these situations and and yeah and in that respect it's it's a very enjoyable league to you know to play in. Yeah, um, you
0: signed you signed uh, uh, permanently Thomas uh, in 2009. Um, did you have any? hesitations about that when Aki's wanted to bring you over on a permanent basis? Because I was reading that, is it right that the old firm were sort of uh, keen on, on having a look at you?
1: Yeah, I think there was some interest and there were uh, quite a lot of speculations at the time, um, right. but uh, there was nothing concrete on the table um, right. and quite early on I think it was in March or April, I, I decided uh, to sign a three-year contract extension with Hamilton. Uh, they were willing to pay my kind of sellout clause, which was I think 200,000 euro. Um, and, you know, they wanted me to stay there. And I felt they gave me the opportunity. Um, and and I just wanted to try my best to repay that. and And I'm glad I did that. You know, I could have waited maybe until summer, see if something else comes up. But I think I did the right things to uh, to commit uh, for for that next few years there.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and of course the the, the season you were up in the, the SPL you were um, voted uh, Aki's player of, the, play, player of the season as well. I mean, a great accolade for you, Thomas. It showed you just how much how well you were playing and how how much how loved you were it with, with Hamilton at that point.
1: No, it was a good yeah. It was a it was a good season. Um, uh, you know we we did quite well. Had a good start to the season. when won our first few games. We had a little then we kind of struggled for a few months, but then had a yeah. brilliant January when I think we kept six clean sheets in, in a month and yeah. won five games in the league and one game in the cup and thing. And that really was a big step towards uh, staying up. I won the Player of the Month in the in the league as well, which is a probably kind of biggest kind of individual achievement. Uh, for me and yeah, it's a great, great kind of month overall, and and a good season. Ultimately, you know, we we stayed up quite comfortably at the end, and 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 you know, which you know, not many people expected.
0: And yeah. um, so, I think you know, we were all happy with 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 that season. Yeah, see, when you talk about uh, clean sheets, uh, is it like very much like uh, a a striker sc- scoring perhaps uh, scoring goals? If you come off with a clean sheet. It, you get a feeling that you've done your job well that, that that day
1: yes for sure I think if you come up with a clean sheet it's there's always a level of satisfaction you know yeah. uh, it's, uh, it's very important but clean sheets are always really the, down to the work of the whole team I don't think yeah. goalkeeper himself can keep a clean sheet it's always he it can help to keep keep a clean sheet but it's always down to the work of of every single player on the pitch at the end, and how well you defend as a unit. And um, uh, but yeah, it's a good feeling. Uh, finish the game with a with a zero,
0: you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I was going to touch on see when you are at Aki's. I mean, he wasn't there for long, but uh, it was amazing what he would go on in the the boy, the Spanish boy, uh, Luis Rubiales. Um, he would go on and be the, the Spanish president of the FA. It's it's crazy, really. Uh, just passing through Hamilton, then he goes on to. Uh, governed at the Spanish yeah. Football Association. What what was he like? I know he wasn't there for long.
1: Yeah actually I had had chat about it with Mikey Devlin just yesterday. Yeah. yeah. We just because he he didn't realize you know we was at Hamilton and uh, uh, but I played a few games with him. So yeah. He was a good lad. Um I was still quite surprised when he first of all got the you know was the boss of the the PFA in the whole whole Spain and then he went yeah. on this journey of becoming <laughs> you know the the boss of of Spanish football, which is yeah. you know quite incredible for a for a guy who played uh, who played for Hamilton, yeah. But it was a yeah. good 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 guy, and uh, I got uh, got on quite well. Like I was trying to learn Spanish at the time, so I, I tried to speak to him as well. Uh, so we, we were quite close. But he was uh, unfortunately uh, at the, at the club quite quite briefly. He didn't he didn't yeah. stay for too long.
0: Yeah, he didn't. Um... Some of the characters at Aki's, even behind the scenes, like Danny the Kitman and, and Avril and all that, the, the physio, it would be a really lively place at Aki's at that point. Really fun.
1: Yeah, the, I think yeah, the, the atmosphere of the club was getting there. I think was yeah. a lot down to the manager because ultimately he he's chosen the people he he surround, uh, surrounded himself with, and yeah. and and I think yeah, it was a good place to to go to at the time and and quite quite relaxed and 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 enjoyable um
0: yeah and and saying that though I mean when the time came when you when you left the club uh, I know that um you're unhappy the way you sort of left in in 2012 do you feel that you I guess you would have preferred to to have left in, in better terms
1: yeah I think you know it's no hard feelings now is a yeah. long time have passed and, and I have a lot of, still a lot of friends. And whenever, you know, I went down to Hamilton uh, with Aberdeen or thistle and, um, you know, always have a good chat with, with all the people uh, I know from the past. Uh, wow. Yeah, I was a, a little bit disappointed uh, the way I kind of left the club. I completely understand that you know they were not maybe willing to pay for my shoulder operation but at the same time I just thought I could maybe go back to the stadium and, uh, and just kind of say, say say my goodbyes properly and stuff like that but as I said it's uh, absolutely uh, no hard feelings I always be grateful to, to the club for, for the opportunity they, they give me and, 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 and still have uh, friends and people I, I keep in touch with there
0: yeah, not the only player that said that, but, but when they left him, mean, we had Jesus Garcia Tenno on as well, and he he was the same sort of situation where they um never they paid for his his injuries, sort of thing. They had to leave, so he was a bit upset about that as well. But um, that's that's football, I guess sometimes, isn't it? It's just it's the, the harsh reality of, of football. Um, you left then, and then you you go to Bulgaria, Thomas. What what was the? How did all that come about? Yeah, well, I Ended up having a, a surgery
1: on my shoulder in, in February and then I was a, f- a free agent so I just worked really hard to get myself back to full fitness and there was a, a few kind of options but uh, eventually CSKA Sofia contacted me to, to an agent and, and I think at the, at the time it felt like a big move, you know, yeah. uh, CSKA Sofia, you know, were the biggest club in, in the country. Yeah, they played uh, in Europe. Uh, they competed for Bulgarian title every season, and also the the money I was offered uh, were you know significantly more than 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 anything uh, I was ever earning in Scotland. So
0: yeah, it felt felt as a as a really good move. Absolutely. And uh, initially, I mean, you've done really well over there. I was reading. Is it right? You had thirty two clean sheets. Uh, and was it f- 57 games or something 57 that's, that's, games yeah yeah it was that's quite, crazy
1: quite incredible yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, was, it was it was good yeah i definitely bumped up my clean sheet there <laughs> yeah. well, I was because we were you know we were at the at the you know kind of top of the table or close yeah. to the top of the table always and, and winning a lot of games and um i had a good yeah good good defensive record
0: yeah what was what was Bulgarian football like was it I guess it differed quite a bit from from Scottish football
1: yeah I would say the pace was a bit slower um, yeah. it was a bit more uh, technical uh, less physical overall um, yeah. there was also quite a big gap between the top six clubs and the, the other 10 teams in the league um, so it's quite competitive from the you know the top end of the table and then you play maybe the top top two, three, four teams and, and their level wasn't maybe as good uh, as yeah. maybe, you know, it's not easy to win league in, uh, games and in, in, in Scottish league, I think the teams are competitive. It's also going maybe by the, the fact there's only 12 teams in it. By in Bulgaria, yeah, the gap was a bit bigger. And the team for, let's say that the facilities and stadiums, you know, you could play one game in a nice modern stadium, nice dressing rooms, you know, and then, you would go play away game and and the uh, uh, the place was was horrific, you know. And we we had big hole in the floor instead of toilet, and the pitch <laughs> would be terrible and and stuff like that. So there are all, all these things you have to kind of deal with
0: as well. And yeah. um, did you play against uh, Levski Sofia? Did you did you take on them at all?
1: Yeah, I played uh, quite a few. Uh, they call it Eternal Derby. Eternal uh, Derby, well, old firm equivalent, yeah, and. Yeah. The atmosphere was always very good, quite, uh, uh, I would say, violent at times. Uh, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: but uh, again, we had a decent record against Levski. I, I was always the biggest season for the uh, biggest game of the season for the fans. And yeah. if you won that, they were quite happy. So I remember the first game, we won 1-0. Um, and yeah, it was a good experience. And I think I played four or five, and I think I lost only one, so it wasn't too bad.
0: Yeah, fantastic. And um, what was it, could you understand, um, was it Bulgarian? that spoke in the dressing room. Could, could you understand what they were saying and stuff like that, or did you learn Bulgarian?
1: I did. Yeah, I You know, the first when I even first I heard about the potential of the move, I went straight to learn the Bulgarian <laughs> alphabet, which was a bit very different from from our alphabet and. Uh, <laughs> And I would say it helps that uh, Bulgarian is, is a Slavic language, so there are similarities with, with my yeah. native Czech, um, so I picked up things quite quickly, and within, I would say, a couple months, I, I could understand pretty much everything in terms of football, and, and by the time I was leaving, uh, I was I was fluent, you know, yeah. I might have forgotten things now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was fluent, uh, there and, and I think it's always helps when you learn the language quickly. But we had quite a peculiar situation in the dressing room because I think the first season I was there, in one season, uh, we had 17 different nationalities. And wow. it then ended up kind of when you had a team talk or doing any kind of tactics or anything, we were split in these groups. So you had kind of a uh, Spanish group where all these kind of uh, spanish uh, argentinian Uruguayan players then you had portuguese group all brazilians and portuguese boys and then you had uh there's kind of rest of the world group which are you speak <laughs> english you have the bulgarian group um and there was i'm sure there was another uh, another language uh kicking about so it was uh, <laughs> quite funny because the the coach uh, would be saying something and then we just hear all these, you know, different voices and different languages <laughs> spoken <laughs> around you.
0: That's crazy. Um, was uh, I don't know if he he he'd have been there when you were there. Was Killian Sheridan was would, would he have been there or did he just leave when you we went there?
1: I was with him briefly, so yeah. um, he he was there for a pre-season and first couple of games, and then eventually he moved on. Yeah. And uh, yes, yeah, so I think I shared room with Gillian in the first uh, training camp in Turkey when I signed. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I spent I think a couple months with him. Yeah. Knew him from Scotland, from Motherwell and Celtic. So yeah. He's quite, quite a funny guy.
0: Him. He's, you, see, if you see him online. He's quite a funny yeah, guy. Yeah. That's <laughs> quite crazy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you went to uh, Greece, of course. You had a, you had a wee bit a wee time in Greece. Um, how did, did you enjoy that? Was that did you did you enjoy your time over there, or was it a bit different again?
1: Yeah, well, Greece was, obviously, it was quite amazing to, to spend six months on in a, in a beautiful, uh, in a beautiful <laughs> Greek <laughs> island, so I'm not going to lie about that. Um, it was difficult in terms of football, uh, as there were um, big kind of financial problems at the club, and yeah. we were not paid, and, and it obviously affected the, the performance of the team. Uh, but I still had some memorable games, you know, against the teams like Olympiacos, and that and was good. Uh, I also got to know Gennaro Gattuso, wow. uh, who was the, the manager of our local rival, Poffie yeah. Crete. Uh, because his assistant manager, Paolo, he was our next-door neighbor, and we shared a garden, and we shared our uh, swimming pool together. Yeah. And Gennaro was coming over to our house, and he was uh, making barbecue for us, so it
0: was quite... Uh, wow, brilliant and a nice experience yeah oh he's a legend isn't he he's, he's, he's a really top guy yeah no it was great
1: I remember he was coming straight from training sometimes and he'd be almost shaken with like his, <laughs> with the intensity and everything. but then he would have a wee glass of red wine and within half an hour he was a change man and, and really nice and, and a really yeah. kind of lovely company and, and very funny obviously Full of stories from his from his career as well, so it was it was great to great yeah. to experience that.
0: Yeah, certainly would be He's a top man. Um, you come back to Scotland, of course. Um, joining Hibbs initially, and then um leaving there and joining Partick Thistle, where you really um you really did well at, at Partick. Uh, Thomas, how much did you enjoy your time there?
1: No, Partick was great. I think uh, I feel probably. The time of the career where I enjoyed my football most, you know, I yes. was the kind of prime age, I would say, I joined Partick when I was 30, had, you know, good experience playing in different countries, you know, at, you know hundreds of games and top flight uh, yeah. behind me then, but still felt good physically, you know. Um, so I felt, yeah, I really enjoyed my football
0: there for uh, for, for that time and, and, yeah, it was great. Yeah, absolutely. and. If- of course, the club, but pretty much a wee bit like Aki's when, when you were there. they were really um, overachieving and, and doing really well in the, the top flight. Again, uh, it looked like a, a club that was really um, had a good atmosphere and, and good good squad of players there at the time.
1: Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was good. Good. I think we had a good good chemistry. I think, especially yeah. those first two years there. Um, a good group of good group of lads and and. Uh, you know, I think especially the season when we finished top six. You know, there was a kind of great camaraderie and and yeah. and things uh, worked uh, really well. You know, so yeah, in that respect, it, it was it was very good.
0: Yeah, what was what was Alan Archibald like as a as a coach? No, I really liked
1: him. I think I really liked Alan. He's, he's a very nice guy, good coach. Yeah. I think he. Um, he was great fit for the club. He, you know, he knew the club inside out, and and did a good job, you know, for the most part. And I think he had a few offers to go down south uh, during the time I was at Partick, but he he turned them down. I think he he just wanted to stay at Thistle. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, really really liked him. Obviously, I'm I'm glad he he brought me uh, to the to the club and and you know played me in every game. So.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you done really well there, and again, you um won the, the Player of the Year as well when, when when you were there. Um, you seem to be picking up a lot of these awards, Thomas. It, it, just sort of a testament to how well you were playing at the club, and you must have been enjoying your football so much there to to perform so well at the, at the party.
1: No, I did, and obviously went in the, the Player of the Year in the first year, which was yeah. voted for by the fans. Uh, it was a, a, a
0: great honor and 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 something I, I really appreciated, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And um, Chris Dolan's of course, a, a legend there at Partick Thistle. I mean, he just he scored goals goals for fun. Really highly thought of. How how good was he to to play alongside?
1: Now, Chris is a good guy, you know, good good professional. Yeah. Uh, Really nice guy, funny guy. He lives kind of around the corner from my sister-in-law and down in Kilmarnock so I'm (laughs) still keeping in touch uh, regularly with him, and uh, are talking about maybe helping him out a little bit next year with his uh, with his uh, academy and his coaching as well. Yeah. And yeah, he's kind of always was kind of natural goal scorer. You know, you 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 would have games where. He looked like he had not much influence and then he would pop out and score two goals and turn the game around uh, on its head and so his, i think his finishing ability was his you know kind of main strength and, and and the especially that top six season i think we had we had a good good defense very good defensive yeah. record and then Chris always
0: uh, came up with with some important goals when we needed him yeah absolutely uh, I, was, I was going to ask as well i mean you're At Thistle, of course, you're doing really well and um playing under Alan Archibald and playing you mentioned uh, going to the likes of Rangers in Celtic, went to have you in Aberdeen, but playing at Firhill, Hill, how much did you enjoy playing in front of the, the Thistle supporters?
1: No, it was brilliant. You know, I, I think I said that uh, many, many times. That I uh, had a you know great kind of personal relationship with the yeah. with the fans there. Um, you know. Especially those guys to the John Lambie stand, you know, I was always <laughs> going there for, for the second half and I'll get really nice chants and, and shouts and and when we won the game. And I would always go and kind of jump into the crowd and have a wee celebration with them after the <laughs> game. And, and, and they were very, you know, very nice moments.
0: Yeah. You mentioned there John Lambie, did you ever um, come across him when you, were, when you were at Thistle at all?
1: Yeah, I can't remember you spoke speaking to him or anything, but I know yes. he's been to some of the games, and of course I remember the the day, uh, you know, we played a home game just shortly after he died, and it was quite uh, quite amazing atmosphere at Fairhill. Uh, I believe we played maybe Hamilton, it was an important game, and we managed to win it. But like even like the build up to the game and everything was all about uh, uh, John Lambie, and 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 it was it was a memorable day at Fairhill.
0: Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned there, Hamilton, and yeah, you went back and you get a good reception. I think one of your first games was against Hamilton, was it? Um, for Thistle, is that, is that right? And you done really well?
1: Yeah, no, it was, it was my debut, and yeah. you know, I remember it was quite quite an emotional afternoon for me. Uh, yeah. I played 155 games for Akis, and, and this was the first time I... Walked into the away dressing room uh, yeah. as, a, as a player of, of the opposition team. I remember there were still kind of these posters and photographs of me from the past uh, on the wall. And uh, yeah, but uh, the, the game didn't start very well. I think uh, big Freddy Franz got sent off after 20 minutes. <laughs> um, but we managed to keep a clean sheet with uh, with, with a young defence with with uh, uh, Jack. Uh, Jack Hendry and, and Liam Lindsay played in yeah. front of me. And I made a couple of good saves and, you know, the game ended up nil-nil, So it was it was a good debut.
0: Yeah, right. funny you mentioned Freddie Franz. We had him on a, a couple of months ago. Great character, uh, of course. What was he like to play alongside?
1: That was great. I had a great friendship with Freddie. Uh, nice. We got on very well, a lot of things in common and uh, a lot of things away from football to talk about that as well. Yeah. And as a defender, he was he was great. He won, you know, he won every header, um, and he was he was great defensively. Yeah, so it was quite quite easy to play uh, behind
0: him. Yeah, but see, as a goalkeeper, Thomas, were you one of these goalkeepers that um, was very vocal in, in, in making sure that you were organising your defence and telling people where, where where you want them and things like that? Were you one of those goalkeepers?
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, I think everyone. You could probably hear me when I was playing, and I think it's a big part, uh, big part of the game, and and it can actually save more goals than 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 the actual saves. You know, to, <laughs> if you communicate uh, well with your defenders and you kind of prevent those chances happening, you no, know, before they happen. So, I think it's it's important for every goalkeeper to have that uh, ability and don't be scared to, to to be vocal. Well, of course, it's important to. Uh, to have those kind of uh, whatever you say is relevant and timely and, and stuff like that so um, yeah I think I feel it's it's an important part of, of being a goalkeeper to, to be a good organiser and helping out uh, your team that way
0: yeah absolutely um, you'd left you'd leave Partick of course um, and, and join uh, Aberdeen in 2018 Um, you'd spend a, a good three years uh, how did that move come about uh, Thomas was it did you have offers elsewhere or, or did, as soon as Aberdeen came in for you, you felt that was a, the right one for you?
1: No, yeah, I was I was uh, away from football for a couple months, I think. And then uh, I remember I was sitting in my house in, in Banknock near Falkirk. And then uh, one day Gordon Marshall called me and and asked me if I could come up to Aberdeen for a medical. And he said they had a game next day against Burnley in the Europa League, you know. Yeah. And... Then, <laughs> it was uh, it was a difficult one to to turn turn down so I, was, I remember quickly quickly packing all my stuff and and say, saying bye to my wife and, and and little little son luca and and driving up to aberdeen and and i same uh, i signed the same evening after passing the medical and i think next day i was on the bench against against burnley so it was oh. happened very quickly
0: yeah yeah it was some game that they were very unlucky against burnley as well weren't they i mean they gave them a a, a good game that they were
1: um, we were quite close to you know knocking them out of the competition. We were one up at Pitodly. I think they yeah. scored quite a late goal to make it one each.
0: Yeah,
1: and even there, uh, you know, went to the extra time. and I think a couple minutes before the end uh, of the you know the 19 minutes, I think Nalm again had a good chance to, to win it for us. Yeah. Uh, so I, we could have you know we could have uh beat them in those in those two games,
0: yeah. Uh, and when we up there, of course, Joe Lewis was. was the number one, um, being a number two again, Thomas, were you quite comfortable with that that sort of role that you were you were asked to to sort of deputise for him and, and just fill in when, when he couldn't.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, you know I think working with Joe Lewis has been great. You know, I I consider Joe to be to be my friend. Um, uh, he's a great guy uh, to work with. Uh, he's quite funny, so uh, we had many many laughs over the last two and a half years. Um I think he's an amazing goalkeeper, arguably the best one in in, in Scotland. And he's an important character in the in the test room, obviously captain and the leader of the team. Yeah. And you know his consistency and, and level of performance uh, for Aberdeen have been quite quite brilliant. Um and I suppose um, I knew what I was, you know, signing for. I wasn't, you know, expected to play every week here. And and, and at that stage of the career, I was quite content with that role and and just tried to tried to make the most of it and just be ready for whenever I needed to, to step in.
0: Yeah, you said he's a big character. And of course, Derek McInnes has been there for quite some time as manager. And, he, and he's, he's led the club uh, so well over the years that they often finish... Um, more, more or less best of the rest after the old firm. Um, what do you think the secret to success at Aberdeen has been? Because they always seem, seem to be up there or thereabouts. No, First of
1: all, I think, you know, Derek uh, McInnes is probably the, the best manager I've worked under um, wow. in my career. Um, wow. I think his, his record and, and his consistency at Aberdeen kind of speak for themselves. And... Uh, he, you know, the if you let's compare, you know, Aberdeen to to hips or hearts over the last six, seven years, yeah. and it just shows you how how well the manager has done here and how consistent he's been with the, you know, with the with the finishes in the league. Yeah. I'm sure he, you know, he himself always has he's, he's got you know high ambitions and probably would have liked to. And um, maybe bring uh, one or two more trophies uh, uh, into Aberdeen over the last few years. But you know, I think his, his record's been incredible and, and uh, the consistency has been great. And, and we always had a good cup runs, you know, a lot of finals and semi finals at Hamden, nice yeah. big, big days. I think that's one thing, uh, it's uh, that uh, would really be, be great if. if uh, we we managed to make that that final step and 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 win win one of those
0: finals, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, you touched on Gordon Marshall earlier. Um, they they the gave you the call to come up to Aberdeen. Did you did you know of uh, Gordon before? Or did you work if you worked with him before, Thomas? Well, I'm not worked with him, but of course he's been
1: in um, in Scottish football and yeah. and. So many years at different clubs, and had a very good career himself. And so I came across uh, again uh, across him many times uh, when he was at other clubs. You know, he was at hips Motherwell, you know, and and Aberdeen, of course. Um, so I, I knew him that way, and, and I spoke with him a few times, but yeah, never worked with him before I joined Aberdeen.
0: Yeah, and of course, like uh, Partick and Hamilton, the Aberdeen fans seem to. Uh, love you as well it must must, must make you feel great when you, the fans take to you so like that no
1: well, i think you know it's quite incredible given that i played uh two two games for for aberdeen the, the reception I, i've got and the support i've got and you know i remember that game at East Road, the last game of the season we were still trying to uh we need to win the game to to get to europe and and I think they were just, you know, chanting my name for 90 minutes. <laughs> it was a pretty, pretty incredible, <laughs> uh, incredible experience. Yeah. So no, they've been they been brilliant for me. And and also it's one of those parts where you know sometimes if you are at number two or if you're on the bench and stuff like that, you you might not uh, sometimes feel fully part of it. But given you know the way f- the fans treated me and, and stuff like that, I always felt f- uh, fully part of part of the team and. And, and and absolutely delighted whenever you know we managed to to win the game
0: yeah that, and you touched on at the top of the, the the uh the show about your your knee and getting rehab for it and of course that's what was made you decide to uh, hang up the gloves so so to speak how frustrating has has it been with that that knee injury that you that you sustained
1: yeah it has been frustrating I was saying an ideal scenario i was i wanted to you know to finish this season strong fat and healthy but it it wasn't it wasn't to be um yeah the knee is still not right and it just doesn't allow me at the moment to to train fully or to take part in in the game so ultimately i am you know um happy you know the, the 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 decision uh to retire now feels right. It, yeah. it helped the club to to be able to to bring um, Gary Woods as a as a replacement, mm-hmm. and uh, it allows me now to focus on on the next chapter. You know, I was I was planning to to retire at the end of the season and to to go on my uh, postgraduate diploma in, in physical education. Mm-hmm. And I was. Uh, you know I already deferred uh, my my spot there and and I, w- I wouldn't be allowed to to do it again um, and it was quite hard against spots. so um, I just didn't want to lose on that so it was a plan it would have been great if I was able to finish the season strong but at the same time you know uh, I'm, I'm happy with that decision and had a brilliant kind of response from so many people in football. Yeah, and uh, so many fans, had, like hundreds of messages, and, and from all over the world. So I was very, very pleased with that, and and I feel I'm I'm finishing at the at the at the right moment, you know. Yeah, I could have dragged it on maybe for a bit longer, uh, but I feel, you know, uh, I, feel, uh, I feel I feel I finished at the right moment, and I'm really excited to get involved uh, in coaching and, and teaching, you know, yeah.
0: in the next year. Yeah, absolutely. And you seem to have made uh, Aberdeenshire your home as well. I guess you, you love living up there. Yeah, yeah,
1: we you know we've settled here. I think we we finally found our home. I think yeah. we me and my wife, we've we've moved so much over the last ten years. <laughs> I think we moved housing or apartment, I think thirteen times in that time. Oh. Uh, left in, you know, four different countries in that time. Uh, and with the kids being the age they are, I think we we were ready to settle down, and 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 Aberdeen really suit us. I think it's a great place to bring your kids up, and yeah. I like the proximity to the beach and uh, the countryside and the mountains. You know, it's all very accessible here, and and uh, you might be surprised, but uh, <laughs> the weather is just so much better <laughs> than in <than> Glasgow. Honestly.
0: <laughs> God, it wouldn't be hard, that's for sure. Um, no. <laughs> look, look, looking back at the career then Thomas um, uh, if you picked any any sort of well first of all did you have any I speak to goalkeepers and what have you and, and they have all sorts of superstitions and things like that were you one of those?
1: Well yeah I think I had too many superstitions <laughs> to, to mention them all uh, but I think as a goalkeeper um, you know there are so many things um, in the game that you cannot control um, so I always try to focus on things I can't control and yeah. and such as you know your training your preparation your sleep your what you eat before the game and just overall kind of mindset going into every game so these yeah. are the things you can control and then I think the things you cannot control and you know I think some sort of superstition or routine uh, gave me a little bit of comfort uh, going into it and ultimately I don't see any you know any any problem with that? If, if, if it brings yeah. you a bit of control, uh, comfort and and helps you to
0: you know, to play better, then, then it's okay. Yeah, and you made a, a host of tremendous saves during your career. Is there anyone that sticks out where you felt that that was a a, a top class save that you made? Mm, I think like
1: one that sticks out in terms of
0: uh,
1: let's say like you know I felt I should shouldn't have made that safe really yeah, and it was yeah. one against Dundee uh, uh, for part take this for hell when Musa really just open open that from two or three hours out yeah. I had a very long way to make, make make up and I just managed to get a couple of steps in and dive and, and somehow the ball
0: yeah.
1: uh, uh, hit my hand and, and got stuck under my body <laughs> uh, and then, we ended up scoring a 92nd uh, minute winner, and, and I also saved a penalty in that game in the first half. Made a few more saves and got a man of the bunch. So I think that one was quite, yeah. quite memorable. Also, I think penalty save at Parkhead in our one-one each draw And when yeah. I uh, saved a penalty from Scott Sinclair. Um, I've not uh, got many good results, you know, at uh, away uh, the old firm team. So. That one's definitely memorable, and then probably a header from Kiavina in the in the semi final of the uh, European Championships as well.
0: Yeah. Um, see, when you said the penalty save, um, what were you? What was your sort of approach to penalties? Did it was just sort of guesswork, or did you sort of study the players beforehand? Well, I think when
1: I was in Hamilton, it was uh, I think it was a different approach at the time. You know, as years ago, and and it was more of a guesswork but i remember one season for hamilton the spl i think i saved five out of six penalties <laughs> and and all it was was i first one i saved i i dived to my right and i saved it so i ended up just diving to my right the whole season and <laughs> <laughs> it worked out pretty well and <laughs> um, but no my, most of city sunday the approach is different and the, the goalkeeping coaches work in different ways so now we have always you know uh, a little sheet, and also watch a video of all the penalties taken by the opposition team
0: yeah.
1: in the past, so you have a good idea uh, where each player from the opposition team might, might, might put the ball. I remember the one against Sinclair; he he scored. Kind of, he put the ball into kind of top corner to that side. I managed to save once uh, against him. So I, I I just thought, you know, I will go there and I'll try yeah. to dive 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 fairly, and, and manage to get there.
0: Fantastic, and and finally, but you mentioned that you're you're doing your diploma and what have you, and you're looking to get into the the coaching side of things. You want to stay in football, is that right? Yeah, hundred percent. I think that was a kind of part
1: of the part of the discussions I had with you know with with Aberdeen about uh, getting involved in the future with the academy and and help yeah. them to, to develop young goalkeepers here. Some. Very, very excited about that. Always wanted to do that. Always wanted to stay in football in some kind of capacity. Yeah. And and I feel I'll be a right fit for the for the youth, youth goalkeeping.
0: Yeah. Well we wish you all the best going forward, Thomas. It's been absolutely great having you on. So thank you very much for for coming on the podcast.
1: Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed it and and maybe see you soon.
0: That was episode 89 of the Talking Fitball podcast with Thomas Cherney. As ever, I hope you enjoyed it. Remember, you can catch the all previous episodes on pretty much all podcast platforms. We're also now on YouTube if you just search for Talking Fitball. Be also sure to check out and subscribe to the Talking Fitball website just TalkingFootball.co.uk where you'll find a whole lot of great content and articles on there. If you're on Twitter, you can follow us at Talking underscore Football and we're on Facebook as well. And if you want to sponsor the Talking Football podcast, you can do just that. Just visit the Get Involved page on the website or email us at contact at DerekClarkSports.co.uk. Hope you can join me again next time and I'll be chatting to former Leeds and Bolton favourite Jeff Chandler. But until then, keep safe and bye for now.